0: This is going to be a hockey theme since you know uh, we got the we got the Panthers going. Oh, los gatos, go cats! Yeah, vamos gatos. Here in Florida, Florida. Panthers. Wow! <laughs> <Jeez>.
1: <laughs> Don't get me started, man.
0: The yeah. ladies love that. Holy the only shit. like
2: true. Panthers fan <laughs> on the pod here is Siege. So yeah, we're marginal I can't, fans. Yeah, not I can't, I'm people. not even that. I would say like I, I yeah. support full support. Love you guys. I'm watching. That's Hell yeah! How, but Siege is is a true,
0: yeah, warrior. <laughs> so yeah, this is going to be uh NHL hockey themed. There it is. Thank you.
2: That's the technology of our drops. <laughs> Some guy put the
1: fucking phone up to the mic. Today
0: <laughs> oh, we'll get a producer or something. Top-notch operation here. <laughs>
1: there we
2: got Me, too.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? that was that's Siege doing it.
2: At, <laughs> yeah, that's like from your, it's from your TikTok or something, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> You okay. got to see the angle of his yeah. face and everything. He's like, just really kind of just like, it's an afterthought
0: almost kind of. You're just going, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like think you're amazed. I'd had like eight
1: Red Bulls at that point. It was. I, oh. <laughs> wow,
0: wow. These are delicious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, there wasn't
2: wow, even like ow. enough like throaty <laughs> raspiness to it it's just like a guy like wow wow
1: wow wow well a girl stuck <laughs> her camera in my face and goes do the cat noise cuz i'd been doing it like, the whole game
2: <laughs> do it one more time put it out on one more time which one Oh, sec like, uh, the one the you know, video is... mine yeah okay hold on i just want there to hear the go. audio again the cat
1: oh wait that's the wrong one i was <laughs> do the cat noise and then this is the me.
2: <laughs> you're just saying wow. Wow. wow yeah, many wow. times. Big, uh, There's a big difference between wow and wow, wow, and wow. wow, wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 if you're really amazed by something. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, we were beating Man. the lightning.
2: What do you expect? <laughs> <Good test. laughs> So good. Welcome back to the Panthers. Panthers Podcast Weekly.
1: (laughs) Florida Panther Man Murders.
3: You're listening to the Florida Man Murders a true crime comedy podcast about murder, madness, mayhem, and other shady shit that goes down in the Sunshine State. Each week, your hosts, Chris, Roger, and Siege, take you on a dark, twisted journey through the bowels of the most wretched fiends and nefarious events throughout the history of Florida. And then make inane, quote-unquote, funny observations about it all, like the half-soused nitwits that they are. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the crazy, if you dare. (laughs)
0: State line <laughs> Palm Beach, Florida, 1982. Oh, wow. 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 wow, wow. <laughs> so at around 1.30 in the morning. Nope. Nope. At around 1.30 in the afternoon. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's a little more suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> 1.30 in the morning, you're like, ah, fucking kill him. Oh, 1.30 in the afternoon. This is what in happened? broad daylight. Uh, on February 4th, 1982, a truck driver was on his way to a sewage treatment plant off PGA Boulevard just outside Palm Beach Gardens. As he drove, he noticed something lying in a clearing of pine trees about 60 feet off the road near the treatment plant. To him, it looked like a dummy.
1: You're driving a big-ass truck. What are you looking 60 feet off the road for?
0: Well, you got, you know, the perch.
1: That's why there's so many damn crashes (laughs) up there.
0: So the truck driver kept driving, and he uh, delivered his shipment on his way back onto the road. uh, The thing in the clearing caught his eye again. I guess this guy just didn't pay attention to the road. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Listen. 30 seconds in, Siege is questioning the, yeah. entire, <laughs> the entire like <laughs> possibility of this guy looking askance 60 yards away, <laughs> and it completely derailed the podcast instantly. To explain how driving works. <laughs> yeah, and then Chris like somehow has to like you know inhabit the driver of this fucking truck to
0: explain. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well,
2: see, this is the ah, position. Can
1: you just imagine? What the it?
2: fuck is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So, it's 1.30. There's traffic. It was 1.30 <laughs> in the morning. I can understand it. Maybe you got the time. It's drawn. in
0: the clearing. He's he's driving to the treatment. Oh, for fuck's sake. He saw a thing. That's <laughs> yeah, just, that. Just Jesus listen, man. Christ. Just
2: believe it. Wow, wow, wow. He, uh, man, wow, wow, wow.
0: I think... <laughs> uh, so he slowed down the truck and he saw a buzzard flying over, uh, you know, in circles. <laughs> so he stops the truck because he sees the the buzzards in the air, and he's like, that's weird. He gets out of the truck, he walks to the clearing, and yes, it's a human body. Aye.
2: Buzzards. That's a pretty good
0: giveaway. The body was a mustachioed man, dressed in nothing but a black bikini bathing suit. He was wearing a gold chain around his neck, and the man had been shot once in the face, just right of his nose and there was another bullet hole in his temple. There was a tear between the nose and the mouth that looked like an exit wound, and there was something else. The man was still alive.
2: Ooh, man.
0: Buzzard's fucking pecking at you. Yeah. You're still alive. A little more than 10 minutes later, the paramedics arrived. Uh, The medics transported the man to Palm Beach Gardens Community Hospital, where at 3.36 p.m., the man was pronounced dead. The man was identified as Michael J. Dalfo. I was hoping it was Fox. Were <laughs>
2: Almost like there. We're two-thirds of <laughs> but but that wouldn't have made a lot of sense because
0: he's still alive. Yeah, Doc! Made, Doc, I've been shot! <laughs> um, yeah, Michael J. Dalfo, not Fox. Um, he was 29 years old. Uh, according to the coroner's report, Dalfo died of two 25 caliber bullets, shot at close range into his head and face. Dalfo, with his brother, uh, lived in a condominium in the Glenwood section of PGA National Golf Resort and residential development. Michael Dalfo had a girlfriend, and he was also known for spending a lot of time with other women, mainly escorts. He was also apparently a cocaine fiend.
2: I like him already.
0: Black Speedo mustache.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait what a was second, he black speedo mustache. <laughs> uh, cocaine. Prostitutes. Yeah. Is this might be down a little further down south or
0: <laughs> <laughs> according to police, Stalfo called the Fantasy Island escort service three different times on the night he was shot. The first escort to arrive was a woman named Diane Delina. Check the Yelp reviews on that, on that. CHP. I will. Fantasy Island Escort Service. Diane Delina had arrived sometime before midnight and stayed for about an hour, but Dalfo had a case of cocaine dick, and he couldn't get it going. So he tried to talk Diane into staying for another hour. He I wrote- have a. I if I can interject
2: once again, <laughs> I have a. Li- cocaine I've dick. Tried to coin this term. I think it's called cupcake dick. That's what I've tried to to put out there okay. in the world, just because it can get a little cupcakey if you're in that. Is that me? Mind freeze? All right, all right.
1: Now we're going into this. <laughs> where where <did laughs> I, is it
2: shaped like a cupcake? Is you it know <laughs> Because, like, well, if if you're circumcised, you have icing not, on the top. I'm assuming you're circumcised. It, it's it can get a little muffiny, and like you're not gonna get hard enough to get your the tip of your penis hard enough out of the muffin muffininess of that. All right, go yeah. on. Never mind. <laughs> Cocaine dick is better.
0: Because a muffin, you know, explodes out of the pan. When, you know, I when you agree. Make it. Yeah, but yes. but it's no, so that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, but not a, it's not – it's
2: cupcake though because think of the cupcake, like the wrapping around the – I said cupcake dick, not muffin dick. It's a like cupcake dick. So it's got like the wrapping of the cupcake and then just above the cupcake is just the head part of it. So that's – that's, and then you can't get further than that because you're all coked up. So like you're okay. stuck with this like cupcake dick thing. Wow. So you put all icing
1: right. on it and then eat it.
2: Sure. Yeah, but it's still gonna say cupcake, man. It's <laughs> never gonna turn into an eggplant.
0: You put sprinkles on it and shit.
2: I mean, you can. Good. I'm not saying you can't.
0: <laughs> nope. No rules here, man. <laughs> All right, so we had cupcake, Dick. <laughs> and, uh... Thank you. That's
2: what all I want. That's all I asked for. Alright, I'm done. You guys finish up the podcast? I'm out of here. See ya. Uh
0: so he tried to talk to uh, Diane into staying for another hour, you know, like to wait till he can get it going. Uh he wrote her a personal check for $75, but she refused to take it and left.
2: A personal check.
0: A personal check for Yikes, 75 Yikes, bro. <laughs> In cash. <laughs>
2: For memo, for (laughs) sex, question mark,
0: but had cupcake dick, so it didn't happen. Yeah. Sorry. For time slash cupcake dick. So Dalfo called Fantasy Island again, this time ordering two more girls. And when they arrived, he opened the door and he looked at them and then he told them they were, quote, dogs. So they left. Sheesh. Uh, Dalfo called Fantasy Island again and ordered a fourth girl. But Fantasy Island grew tired of how he was treating their girls, and so they refused to send any more. So Dalfo called a different service called Rainbow Escorts and ordered a girl from there. She showed up at around 3.30 in the morning and found the door to Dalfo's condominium open. She told police she walked in and looked around and nobody was there. She used Dalfo's phone to call Rainbow Escorts and report that she had been stood up, and then she left. The next time, Dalfo would be seen again the next afternoon by the truck driver who found him dying in a clearing. Almost from the beginning, the investigation into Dalfo's death centered on the first escort, Diane Delina. Sheriff's investigators say they found matchbooks on Dalfo's coffee table with the names and numbers of several escort services. They found Fantasy Island's phone number written on a check made out to cash for $75. And they also found a small quantity of cocaine. Within a week, a detective from the sheriff's department got in touch with Delina and interviewed her on tape. There, Delina admitted that she had been with Dalfo on the night he, he was killed or disappeared. But she you know, she had left him alive and healthy sometime around midnight and gone to a West Palm hotel for her next appointment. She said she hadn't seen him again, and according to prosecutors, she stuck to that story for almost five years. But it wasn't just Diane Delina who caught the attention of investigators. At the time of the murder, Diane Delina had been living with a man who had once played for several teams in the National Hockey League. His name was Brian Spencer. Brian Roy, the spinner, Spencer, was born on September 3rd, 1949, in Fort St. James, British Columbia, Canada. Of course. (laughs) Canadian. Brian had a twin named Byron. The Spencer family lived outside town and owned a generator that was their only source of electricity.
2: Wait, Brian had a twin named Byron.
0: Yeah parents were creative.
2: Super creative. Yeah, I just want to confirm their creativity. Thanks.
0: Brian and Byron. Uh, yeah, and they lived in a small town, and they owned a generator that was their only source of electricity. And uh, when Brian's father, Roy's emphysema, would give him trouble, they would have to start the generator to run the oxygen machine. <laughs> oh, God. Roy, the father, Roy, uh, worked as a mechanic. He was a quick-tempered and angry man. He was a tough disciplinarian, and he was a major alcoholic. Roy was also a huge...
2: These are all all new
0: things for us, so (laughs) it's a process. Yeah. yeah. Every week it's apparent. (laughs) Uh, Roy was also a huge hockey fan, and he dedicated all his free time to teaching his boys how to play hockey. Roy would train them every day on the frozen ice by the house and would quiz the boys daily to sharpen both their knowledge of the game as well as their skills. The boys fished in the summer and played hockey all winter. They went to the only school in town, and when it was time for them to move to high school, they had to take a 40-mile bus ride into the next town. So eventually, Byron lost interest in hockey. Not for him. But Brian became as obsessed with hockey as his father was, and like his father, Brian had become addicted to hard drinking. By his mid-teens, Brian was already a pretty heavy drinker, had spent in time in and out of reform school as a result. Not much to do out there, I would think. No, just hockey and hockey drinking. Hockey and fucking drinking. <laughs> yeah. He was a talented hockey player, and Brian wasn't exceptionally fast or athletic, but he played hard and he played angry. Brian dropped out of school to concentrate full-time on hockey, and in 1969, Brian was drafted 55th overall in the fifth round of the NHL draft by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brian began his professional career by playing with the Tulsa Oilers, the Leafs' Central Hockey League affiliate. Brian immediately made an impact and made a name for himself as a hard-checking forward. As a tough, scrappy player, he figured prominently in the Oilers' third line, posting 13 goals and 32 points during his time with Tulsa. He soon began to catch the attention of the Leafs' front office and coaches and eventually played himself into becoming a late-season NHL call-up for the Leafs. On the day he was called up, Brian's coaches told him that he'd be making his big league debut that coming Saturday— and that the game would be televised on Hockey Night in Canada. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Remember Hockey Night? Was Don Cherry there back then? And for those of that who might know, that's a big deal. It's kind of like Monday Night Football, you know, where the big NHL games would showcase their big games or whatever. And not only that, Brian was also chosen by his coaches to be the player to be interviewed by the analysts in between periods. So, big night for Brian. Damn, what a call-up. Yeah. Wow. Oof. Brian immediately called his dad, Roy, who was still living in the family home in Fort St. James, and he told him the news.
1: And drunk. Fuck you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And drunk. Who's this? Fuck off. Roy, though, Roy was ecstatic. He was very excited. He phoned the entire family and told them to clear their calendars for Saturday to come over to watch Brian make his NHL debut for the Leafs on national TV. CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Roy then went to an electronic store and purchased a large TV antenna to install (laughs) to make sure the picture came in crystal clear. This is how people watch TV before HD kids. Get out the aluminum foil. So on December 12, 1970, Brian's family gathered in Roy's house to tune in to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Chicago Blackhawks on hockey night in Canada. All the snacks were laid out. There was lots of booze. Roy was drinking most of it. Lots uh, of Tim Hortons. <laughs> yes. Pastries. <laughs> and Roy made sure the antenna was mounted on correctly. You know, everything was just right. He turned on the TV. He switched to the local CBC affiliate channel, and it was not the Maple Leafs versus the Blackhawks being shown on TV, but the Vancouver Canucks versus the California Golden Seals instead. Ooh, they flexed them that night. Huh? flexing back then? <laughs> <Well, night.
2: laughs> I mean, they are in BC. They're definitely going to get Vancouver.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Turns out there were two games. There were two games on at the same time that night. And because the Spencers lived in B.C., the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation was obliged to show the Vancouver-California game for their West Coast Canadian viewers.
2: I mean, these fucking yokels that know about regional coverage and how that shit works. Like, <laughs> come on, guys.
1: Man, He literally bought an antenna so he could watch TV, dude. Like, yeah. that day. It was like the day of he learned what TV was. Where
2: do I get, where do I get an antenna?
1: Where's the nearest Age, Radio Shack? Do we have I mean, if they days? had to drive 40 miles to school, how the hell far did
0: he have to go to get an antenna? <laughs> a good 70. So, yeah, Roy threw a shit fit. He fucking lost it. He was drunk. He was filled with rage. So, throwing all the good. snacks. <laughs> he flipped the table. Pastries everywhere. He marched into his room, and he walked out brandishing a shotgun. Oh. He then stormed out of the house and jumped in his car, and Roy peeled away as the rest of the family watched him, and he drove 110 miles to the city of Prince George, where the nearest TV station, CKPGTV, was located. Oh, no. 110 miles. I
1: love this. I love this.
0: (laughs) With shotgun in hand. Oh, no, dummy. An enraged Roy marched into the TV station and began pointing a gun at staffers, demanding to see the station manager. The manager stepped forward and asked Roy, you know, calm down. Programming anger is like the most (laughs) (laughs) most misdirected of all. (laughs) It really is. So the manager's like, it's me. Please calm down, sir. Uh, and he was like, we'll get you whatever you need. So Roy ordered the news director, the program director, and six other employees working that night up against the wall. Roy then made his demands. He wanted the station to switch the Vancouver-California game to the Toronto-Chicago game.
2: So he drove an hour and 10 minutes or something like that? He drove
0: 110 miles. 110 miles. So the
2: game's (laughs) probably over. It's like third period. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, so the station uh, manager immediately ordered the engineers to do what roy asked as they made their preparations to switch games on air the station suddenly shut down there's some kind of glitch uh panicked and fearing for their lives everyone scrambled to get the feedback up eventually they did and Roy turned to the program manager and said, quote, "If the wrong game comes back on the air again, I will hold you responsible. I am very upset about the CBC coverage." <laughs> oh, that last line.
2: Very upset. Very upset about so, the coverage. So still, still very like nice and Canadian about it. Like, <laughs> like, at the end of it, like even with a gun there, like fucking outrage. <laughs> sorry, like, I sorry, am very sorry. Sorry, sorry. put it it going right. Sorry, I'm very upset about this.
0: So once the station was back up, CKPG switched on the Toronto Chicago Chicago game. Chicago. And probably pissed off millions of West Coast Canadians in the process. Like they were all like, "What? Why is this game on now?" (laughs) Um, Satisfied, Roy lowered his weapon and left the TV station, presumably to drive the 110 miles back home to watch the rest of the game.
1: To watch the post-game coverage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Whatever came on at way after that.
0: <laughs> uh, but when he walked out of the building, he was confronted by a Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Nice.
2: These guys never do shit. So it's good to see them do something.
0: Yeah, they, someone had called them while the this little hostage situation was going down. And they just waited outside. Yeah, they're just waiting outside, very politely, for him to come back out.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we're just waiting for you here, eh? We're not gonna, we're not gonna go in there and bust up your kidnapping. Sorry about your kidnapping. Just uh, waiting out here for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, enraged by this, uh, Roy began berating the RCMP, and soon a standoff ensued. The two sides got into a shouting match. <laughs> The RCMP officers ordered Roy to drop his weapon and surrender. Roy refused. He was ordered to drop his weapon a second time, and this time Roy raised the weapon and fired a couple of shots at the RCMP.
2: Wait a second. Is Roy the only one that has a gun in this situation? Probably. Yeah, the
1: other ones are just holding (laughs) hands up. Please, sir, put your like, weapon hold down. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I can't do that. Sorry, I can't sorry. do that. Sorry.
2: Please, please. Thank you. Sorry. This is like a no. fucking 20 hands up facing him. Like, no. No,
0: <laughs> no they got sidearms, you know. Uh, All right, yeah. I've seen the untouchables. Um, so, <laughs> the yeah, so he shot at them, and he shot one of them in the foot. And when that happened, the others immediately returned fire, hitting Roy in the shoulder, armpit, and mouth. Sorry. (laughs) 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 According to the officers there, it took Roy a while to fall down from his injuries. Tough son of a gun. Uh, Roy was rushed.
1: He'll be back.
0: (laughs) He's a hockey player. Uh, Roy Roy was rushed to a, an ambulance and pronounced dead on arrival at Prince George Regional Hospital. <laughs> All this was happening while Brian was making his NHL debut. Um, according to HockeyReference.com, the Leafs defeated the Blackhawks that night two to one, and Brian Spencer finished with a first period two minute roughing penalty and zero points. <laughs> Not a very good debut. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> It means he didn't play very well. Oh, okay, okay. But thanks. he hit a guy and he got put in the penalty box. Got it. Brian was notified of what happened immediately after the game. <laughs> Imagine that phone call. <laughs>
2: yeah, man. It's Did you guys see? I didn't wait, play that wait, great. Wait, that's dead? You're, you're never going to believe what happened with the your Mounties? dad. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> at, at a fucking television station? He died? Whoa, yeah, that's that's like so- what?
1: See, Brian, sorry, I'm going to have to tell you this, sorry, but uh, your dad, sorry, got in the car and drove to Saskatchewan yeah. to the closest television station out there in Alberta, eh? And, uh, yeah, he uh, ended up uh, fighting a whole bunch of Mounties and got shot, yeah. sorry.
2: Yeah,
1: he's- he got shot in the mouth,
0: eh?
1: I mean, he's dead now, but uh, we expect to be back by a second period. I mean, just put a little tape on it.
0: Good game, though. His coaches were like, dude, take all the time you need. And but Brian refused to take any time off. Instead, he played the very next day, picking up three assists in a 4 nothing Leafs win over the Buffalo Sabres. It's like the Brett Favre game of <laughs> so hockey. So
2: Brett favre <laughs> Yeah. Except just three
0: assists. Uh, still, the entire affair with his father not only drove Brian to drink even harder than before, it began to affect his playing. And Brian
2: actually might be a better person than Brett Favre. So that's. <laughs> um, well, it's Brian was. will yet see. to be Determined. Yeah. Just- <laughs> 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 Me too. Did you remember this is the Florida Man
1: Murders podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Brett
2: Favre, his story isn't finished yet. So, <laughs> true. you know, I'll wait this one out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, like we mentioned, Brian. while Brian was never an exceptional player, he was good enough to be like a solid role guy. Um, but his game quickly tanked over the course of the next few weeks, and the rest of his career would be filled with ups and downs, uh, mostly downs. Brian was eventually sent back down to the Tulsa Oilers by the Leafs, and he would be left unprotected for that upcoming season's expansion draft. The last place New York Islanders would end up claiming him. Uh, There he would develop into one of the most popular players or, like, fan favorites. He was then traded to the Buffalo Sabres, and Brian would go on to have a career year with the Sabres, scoring 12 goals and 29 assists that season. His hustle, violent play, and his hitting ability made Brian a fan favorite. But three seasons later, Brian would be traded again, this time to the Pittsburgh Penguins, once, the ping- once with the Penguins, Brian's numbers began to tank again, but this time his career would not recover, and within a year he was out of the NHL completely. So he spiraled mm-hmm. after this incident with his father.
2: I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad we went through the hockey stuff in <laughs> only under
0: 20 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1982, <laughs> out of the league, and out of work. Yeah, that's behind us now uh unable <laughs> to All get right, a roster sp- <laughs> <laughs> sorry hockey sorry. fans uh unable <laughs> to get a roster spot anywhere in, either in the NHL or the AHL Brian Brian began sorry. to drink even more he eventually turned to drugs which led him to freebasing crack on the regular uh his addiction to crack cocaine would end up costing him most of the savings he had earned as a player with just four hundred dollars left to his name, Brian decided he needed a fresh start. He needed to quit drinking. He needed to quit cocaine. So he decided he'd m- to move to Florida.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, me, Yes. Like,
0: oh, I should move.
2: I should move to Florida oh. to get- wrestle with these demons down there. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> good choice, perfect. buddy. The perfect spot. <laughs> Oh boy, could not pick the worst fucking spot, <laughs> or the best, depending on your point. Um, yeah. Brian found himself in Palm Beach, where he took a job as a mechanic. He still drank heavily though, and was still very much addicted to cocaine and crack. And it was found he was it was a lot easier accessible uh, down <laughs> here. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he would end up being arrested for DUI five times between 1982 and 1985, although he managed to escape ever getting busted on drug possession charges.
1: Well, so you got to remember, this is the 80s too, so it's just like He's, yeah, exactly.
0: He's white. Here's your crack pipe back. Now it was during this time that Brian met and began dating a local escort named Diane Delina. She's back. Delina was not only attractive; Ooh. she made good money as an escort. And she had easy access to drugs. So the two got into heavy drug use together, even though Brian's friends tried several times to intervene and get him out of that relationship. And then in February of 1982, one of Diane Delina's customers, Michael Dalfo, was shot in the face. When he died, police immediately made Delina their prime suspect, but cops suspected her boyfriend, former NHL player Brian Spencer, was the one who pulled the trigger. Delina was arrested and promised immunity if she testified against Brian. So, here's what happened on the night Dalfo was killed, according to investigators. While she was with Dalfo, the two snorted a lot of cocaine, and eventually Dalfo couldn't perform sexually because of Cupcake Dick. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
2: I've heard of this phenomenon. I've I've heard of this phenomenon before. <laughs>
0: and uh, I I second it. <laughs> Dalfo asked her to stay for an extra hour and offer a check uh, for seventy five bucks. We covered that. Uh, staying beyond the agreed time and accepting checks, however, were both against Fantasy Island rules. So there are rules, man. <laughs> In the escort biz. They don't accept checks
1: at Winn-Dixie. Why do you think
2: they were going it? was such a crazy. Um. Checks are a crazy thing, man. Checks are weird. Checks are so crazy. Like, sign it, <laughs> whatever. A million dollars.
0: Here you go. Cash. Boom. I'm a millionaire now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Delina, uh, she got up and left. Uh, Dalfo stopped her, like, physically, like, grabbed her. And he wrote the check anyway. And he placed it in her hand. When she gave the check back, Dalfo angrily slammed the check on the coffee table. And Delina walked out. But she said she was afraid of him. So Delina drove from Palm Beach Gardens to Brian's trailer, but he wasn't home. So she went to find him at his favorite drinking hole, a bar called the Banana Boat.
2: Oh, sounds <laughs> like a great place. I I already want to yeah. go to the Banana Boat. <laughs> I can I can smell
0: it. I can smell the cigarette yeah. and just the dark dankness of it. Shoes sticking to the floor Definitely. every time you're walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he was there at the banana boat, uh, and she told him what happened at Dalfo's. She also told him that she was afraid that Dalfo might have followed her. From there, Delina went to meet another customer at a at another hotel. An hour or so later, Delina found Brian at home, seething about what had happened with Dalfo. He was just sitting in his house, angry. He told her he wanted to go to Dalfo's place and deal with him. Delina claims that she wanted to forget the whole thing. Brian would not let it go. Delina also said to investigators that she was afraid of Brian. He was known for hitting his girlfriends. So he never hit her, but she had heard stories that he was he'd gotten physical with other relationships. She was a little afraid. Um, uh-huh. So she was like, "All right, let's just go, fuck it." Delina thought the only, they, you know, Brian just wanted to go there and talk with him or like rough up Dalfo, just kick his ass a little bit. Uh, So they headed back to Dalfo's, and Delina pretended she had forgotten the condo number. The only problem with this was that Dalfo liked waiting for his escorts outside of his condo. (laughs) So as Brian and Delina drove around looking for him, there he was, standing out in front of his condo in his black bikini, swimsuit, and gold chain, waiting for his fourth escort of the night. I gotta
2: gotta start doing that. You know, the golden rule is stop at three escorts. And (laughs) Dalfo went, he he didn't follow that. You should know
0: better. (laughs) Yeah, he flew too close to the sun on wings of horniness. (laughs) Brian pulled up to Dalfo in the car and he pointed a gun at him and he told him to get in. So Dalfo was like, okay,
2: can I get my pants first? You're going to be on the Florida Man Murders podcast in about 40 years and – We're gonna, I'm gonna need to shoot you in the face. Like,
0: this is what happens on these podcasts, okay? So, yeah, he got in the car wearing nothing but that bikini, skimpy bathing suit, and the gold chain. So, Brian drove them out of the PGA National uh, to PGA Boulevard, turned west, and traveled six tenths of a mile, and then came to a white sand road. Brian stopped at a spot. And there was a sign that read, no dumping.
2: And he dumped him.
0: <laughs>
2: it's like, this is where I'll dump it.
0: <laughs> uh, Ryan told Elena to get out of the car. At this point, Dalfo began arguing with Brian. And Dalfo reportedly said, quote, if you touch me, I'm, I'll call my lawyer. Buddy, you already got Oof. kidnapped. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it's your fourth prostitute <laughs> of the night. Like, dude. I'm going to call my lawyer. It's over, man. Yeah. Yeah. What lawyer do you
1: have, man? <laughs> you're gonna call rainbow, rainbow lawyers. You're gonna look it up you're it. Going to call them.
0: <laughs> yeah, this infuriated Brian that he said this to him. So they started shouting at each other even louder. She got out of the car and she ran down the road in the direction of PGA Boulevard. Six-tenths of a mile away. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Siege. <laughs> He, this guy's like minority report like you, the listeners don't understand this but he's just like on a full like wall screen he's just like pulling data together at, at all times like this guy his <laughs> mind operates on fucking 15 different levels the
0: ball comes down the shoot
2: you guys all know the work he does for
0: me. <laughs> Works for the precogs yeah um so Delina kept running she ran and ran and she never heard any gunshots so when Brian picked her up in the car a few minutes later she assumed he had just beaten Dalfo up and left him where he was
2: in the no dumping site yeah Uh, Sorry, you get away from how great that is. It's like that picture that Lane put on Instagram or on Twitter that was like, no birds. And, and the birds bird sitting out. on it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. This should have made my morning. It made me laugh so hard.
0: Shout out to Ad Lane. The last thing they knew, is, or she knew anyway, was I saw this guy alive when I ran and then that was that was it. But then, of course, the next day they found him. Shot in the face in the area where it said no dumping. Hmm. Um, hmm. <laughs> so, Curious. a couple of years later, on January 18th, nineteen eighty-seven, on a Sunday night, Brian sat in the El Cid bar, drinking a gin and tonic oh. with one of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> the El Cid. Oh, I
2: love the El
1: Cid. Really
0: the one <laughs> on Lejeune?
1: No, no, Classic. no. Is that on Lejeune? That's got to be the right? one
2: up in Palm Beach County, right? He wasn't going all the way to it, it must be, but, dude, there was one on Lejeune that was. Yeah.
0: Like, I, I could yeah. still see the the lettering. Castle-like is. thing, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Great. So, yeah, he was drinking a gin and tonic with a buddy. Uh, halfway through the first drink, his friend stood up, uh, went to the payphone, and called a cab for Brian. A few minutes later, a driver, a man named William Springer, walked in. It turns out Springer was an undercover sheriff's detective. What a dick. Yeah. So <laughs> he came and picked up Brian, pretending to be a cab driver. So Brian had the cab yeah, taken. Yeah, that's
2: a real dick move for
0: sure. Yeah, and his friend fucking fucked him over there too. Yeah. Real, real good fellow's move. Um, so I mean, Brian.
2: He is a murderer, so it's yeah, probably okay that's true. that
0: they did this. Kind of did a bad thing. <laughs> let's uh just backtrack a little bit (laughs) let's not forget he shot a guy in the face allegedly so brian had the cab take him to mount vernon motor lodge
1: oh my god he then
0: told springer he told him to wait brian got out of the car and went to a room to buy some drugs when he came out of the room he found a helicopter with searchlights hovering over the motel Cops and canine units surrounding the area, and both Palm Beach County Sheriff and the West Palm Beach Police were all there. Brian tried to run, but he was overwhelmed and caught. He was arrested and charged with the kidnapping and murder of Michael Dalfo and booked in the Palm Beach County Jail. Ten months later, in November of uh, 87, Brian Spencer was put on trial. The prosecutor's key witness against him was Diane Delina. They were missing key pieces of evidence to take anything to make anything stick, and after only a few weeks, a jury found Brian not guilty on all charges. Yeah, way to go, Palm Beach County. Yeah, they find a
2: gun, they find a gun, or anything like that. No, they
0: found nothing. They, all they had was Delina's word against his, mm. uh, and nothing really could stick. So he's mm-hmm. free to go. Uh, Brian went back to living in his trailer and spending his time working odd jobs in between vendors and cocaine binges.
2: He's living a good life just let him let him leave him alone. On June 3rd
0: 1988, Brian and his friend Greg went on a day drinking binge <laughs> Greg <laughs> It had to be Greg. What's up? Uh, They went on a day drinking binge. Uh, They then jumped into Brian's pickup and went out to buy some crack cocaine in Riviera Beach. On their way back from the cocaine deal, Brian stopped at a convenience store to buy some cigarettes. It's unclear what exactly happened when Brian parked the truck. What we do know is that someone, either a mugger or the person that he had just bought the drugs from, walked up to the truck raised the gun, and fired into the driver's side window. Several shots hit Brian in the face and head. Brian was pronounced dead at the scene. He was 38 years old. Dang. Investigators are going to blame his death on either a robbery or a drug deal gone wrong. And uh, that's how Brian's story ends. <laughs> and that is the story of a uh, Florida man hockey murder.
1: Well, (laughs) not for nothing. It is Riviera Beach, so it could have been anybody.
2: Can I just say, like, I don't, I don't know, if he murdered Dalfo, like, right? Like, I don't know. Like, some of it seems a little. I mean, it seems like,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, there, there, there is circumstantial evidence for sure, uh Uh, but nothing that could that would pin him to
2: concrete back then.
0: Yeah. But it was, you know, the guy was in the skivvies or whatever. He was he was found in the last place. He was seen alive. I mean, unless this lady was involved and she got away with that's, it. That's what I'm saying.
2: I mean, it's yeah. very few and far between women. Yeah.
0: For the women murders. <laughs> hey, who knows? Um, but just this whole sad story of, like, being this hockey prospect who just went yeah. his dad went this, lost his shit and made some bad decisions and then that spiraled into this thing and then the drinking like it was just one thing after another and then he ends up on drugs and broke and you know hanging out with the wrong people and getting caught up in a murder rap. Falling and in love weird, with an crazy... escort. Yeah.
2: We all know that you don't yeah. fall in
1: love <laughs> Always with
0: turns escorts. out great. Yeah. <laughs>
2: sources yeah
0: sources let's um, move on
2: to sources
0: sports illustrated <laughs> sports illustrated article the case against brian spencer one woman's testimony could mean a death sentence for a former hockey player accused of murder by pete dexter the la times father of an nhl player held up a tv station to force them to show his <laughs> son's game by that is a great I just, headline,
2: just <laughs> telling the whole story right there. The headlines are out of control. Like, <laughs> is there no editor? It's like, that, hey, just say like, a f- dad, a former NHL player holds up whatever, <laughs> like TV station. Can we just stop there? We don't have to get like into the second because he wanted to see his dad's game and on. they weren't
1: showing his, the game because it was in a different market. <laughs> yeah, and also he had to drive so far had to away. Have a gun nearby and, and he had so, gone to get an, an antenna. And everybody day was at the and place, like, he was upset because <laughs> the pastries got knocked over. Sorry,
2: yeah. Sorry. And then there's regional coverage, and the way that regional coverages work, like usually it's
0: on one side of the oh, country or it's on he the just other side because an on he only
1: learned what TV was that morning. And, oh, sorry
0: by Brian Cronin.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you Brian Cronin.
0: <laughs> and uh spinning out of control the short violent life of spinner Spencer by the hockeywriters.com.
2: Great headline. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What's icing? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody for the love of God, before I die, explain to me what icing is. Well,
1: it used to be when you because I've crossed cross three a lot of lines. Games. It used to be when you dump the pass all the way down to the yeah, other end. Yeah, that's
2: what I understood it to be. I'd be like, "That's icing." Well, they cha- They kind of
1: changed it to make it more competitive instead of just calling it icing every freaking time you dump it down there. Now the uh, guys chase. So it's more each like other.
2: an offsides
1: based. Uh, kind of the two uh-huh. guys chase each other. But isn't there already offsides-, offsides? Yeah, there's an offsides, which is if you cross into the zone. Before the puck crosses into the zone, that's offsides. But you can, but like you can Mm -hmm. be like some of your body in there and still just have a skate behind the line while uh, before the puck crosses in there. It's just as long as you have part of your body out of the zone. But the icing, if you dump it down there and it's like you have to be able – it's like in chase. If the other team can get it without like making an effort, they call it icing. But if you're going to chase it and give them a little bit of a pressure they and they have to race for it, then it's not icing. It's like free game. They try and do that to keep the game that moving sound like... and more offensive. Well, because the thing for icing is if you ice it down to the other end, they bring it back and have a face-off all the way at the other end in front of the goalie. So they kind of make it like a fighting chance. So it's like you can't just be like, oh, so, it's icing.
0: So you have to chase it?
1: Kind of, yeah. You know, it's
2: icing? <laughs> well, you have to chase it. To make so you it only know icing it. when you see it. Like, kind you of, only yeah. Know it's basically, it. it's You're a like, game yeah, oh, yeah, I that's by the refs. Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm i just never going to learn that. Like how I know, it's, it's never going to register. Nah, it's impossible. Yeah, it's, it, like Chris and I tried to watch a, a, a game years ago. Yeah. There was a lightning – when lightning were in the finals mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And I was like – both of us were like, Icing. And then <laughs> nope. this, this girl I was dating at the time who lived in Tampa Bay was like a big lightning fan. Yeah. She was like, no, not ice game. We are like, fucking
0: what? She thought we were, thought we were idiots. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we yelled at the TV, Icing. So, <laughs>
3: The Florida Man Murders is a five-reason sports production, researched, written, and produced by Chris Joseph. Music by Roger Rimada. All source material can be found by visiting floridamanmurders.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, kids, only assholes murder. So, don't be an asshole.